Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shannon, Mr. Rob, and Zane. That number 100. How about that? How about that? Yo. And I was a ball pregnant, yo. Yo. And welcome back to y'all. Rob came off the, the engine reserve list today. Did stretches, he back, good to go. We got Z back. Man, you're a little cloudy right now. Cloudy as a mug. There we go. <laughs> God damn, it's even worse. I'm a candy man right now, bro. <laughs> candy man, candy man, candy man. Oh, man. Yo, so this is our 100th episode. You know, we, we, man, we put in a lot of work in a short period of time. Let's digress a second on that 100 show, bro. Mm-hmm. It all started with that idea of Walmart. I always go back to that. Mm-hmm. Yo, I got the podcast equipment. Ten shows later, the thing was like, yo. Y'all want to get some guests? Our first guest is mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Last day forward, the trajectory is the same. I would have never had thought in such a short period of time that we have spoken to so many people, so many profound guests, and had so many great discussions. And what I love most about what we're doing is we're doing it on the strength of integrity, right? You know, like... Turn on YouTube right now. There's just like a lot of dudes that's on YouTube, like beefing, you know, putting out false narratives, you know, tearing tearing each other down and all that or whatever. And you know, we've been we've been able to kind of stand in that mix and stand our own lane. And I feel like I knew we had something and that we were we had the right trajectory. And I remember, um, I think OC. OC commented like one of the posts or something like that. I was like, yo, I rock with you. Like to have a dude like OC co-sign us um, was big for me, you know. And then the fact that we we we, we didn't did we didn't to me we didn't been around the world in terms of like interviews with people. Like we went from the extreme of talking to tragedy Gaddafi, uh, a Queensbridge legend, to talking to Arash Malek about Scent Wedge and how he created masks during the height of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and then we had our own little internal conversation. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had, um, man, what's bro's name from the Congo? Yeah, uh, the dude that had the app, the, uh, the what you call the app? Yeah. Uh, God damn, I can't, yeah, Be Perk. Be Perk, the Be, the Be Perk app. So we just spoke to app developers, um, Okay, okay, old farms, uh, rappers, DJs. It's just it's it's ran 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 the gamut. And then the other thing I appreciate about this is that you know having you brothers to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and you got Ken, Keo, and Kareem also collaborating and making this making this making this go. Like yo, it's just been a dope fun experience, you know. And I'm excited to come back together and get this banter going. You know, right. yo, yo, give one of your favorite moments so far from the um hundred episode. Favorite moments, Z. Shoot, I would, I would say, I would say the first one. Um, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't appear on the first one, but I, I, I like how um, like Ron G. I mean, of course, we had uh prior people on there, like Rob's wife. Uh, we had several people prior but to me I think the Ron G was the one that you know because we all grew up on Ron G's music you know what I'm saying DJ DJ uh 
you know, legend and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a, a, a favorite, but Devon G was the one I think has set the tone as far as for like celebs out. You know what I'm saying? Yo, one of my favorite joints was I always go back to I like the golf though, right? That was that was I, I, a, that was a long, healthy talk. That's yeah, yeah, that. we was we was building with him for like probably like two hours, two hours, and, and to go two hours and talk to this man about music for probably the last ten minutes of it. It was just it was just like a real dope discussion. And if yo, if y'all like the Ron G, the Ron G interview, wait till we put out the new wop interview. Ha! Wow, how was that, man? How did that go? Yo, the, yo, Doo-Wop dropped a lot of gems, a lot of gems. So you're going to hear about Doo-Wop, um, how he got into DJing. You're going to talk, talk about how he got his record deal. He talks about why he never actually took the project out, how him and AC linked up. Um, he also talked about, and I'll say it here, I don't know if people know it, but I'll say it here, tease it, and you got to watch the interview. He talks about... The Nas and AZ track, the Do or Die 2, that didn't make Do or Die 2. Um, Damn shame. So, yeah, so yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of gems, a lot of gems in that interview. Yo, you know what the other thing I want to say, too? And that album was tight, too, man. I'm feeling that album, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, too, though, is that, um, shout out to, like, yo, the supporters that have been, been riding with us. Like, I got a lot of people that, you know, like, whether they were, um, colleagues of mine at one point in time or they went to school with me or of course you know family that um that chime in and, and Shout out to our ghost watchers too, man. I found out another watchers out there. Okay, all right. Give suggestions, hit us up, and give feedback. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like you know, the fact that you actually have to chime in and support and watching, you know, it's great. And I thank everybody for that. Rob, yeah, you want to say something else before we get into the, the actual topics? Man, let me tell you something, man. These, this is a hundred episodes, man. We we have talked some very interesting. Um, one of one of one of my favorites was the elder. Just just being able to listen to something, having him on the platform, trying to teach us something about our story. And of course, my wife. Well, my wife was raining the most light for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now she's holding it down. You know, it, yeah, it, I, think, I think Nails has has the overall. I think number two, or if not the most watched, right? It's either one or two, as far as views. Like that, or the show we did with, with uh, Keisha Bush, my 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 my, my, my OG Derek Bell, on, on Pie Face, and Jamal. You said, and ever since then, things some a little must have boosted energy happened because I'm following them three specifically, and all their respective entrepreneurial things just shot on. Good, you know, son, it was it was amazing to watch what them guys are doing. Derek Bell, his son just got he was playing out his um, You know, he was training his son from the um, The ball is all over the planet with, with his business. I mean, so much has happened, man. So, yeah. Those connections, those interviews there. Of course, I, I enjoyed the general steel. I enjoyed the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
good ones, man. It's a real classic. Catalog beat, boy. Man, we got a nice catalog. Oh, shout out to Arsonist, too. Arsonist from Heat Makers. Arsonist was a great one. All our shows is great. That's a card, man. All 100 of them So let's get right to it. Harris won versus Big Daddy Kane Aftermath. Rob, who won that versus why? Her infinite power helps oppress people. Come on, man. Bronx friend. Harris won. And, and you know what? I'm saying that because I am fine. Born and raised in the Bronx. But Big Daddy Kane was one of my, he was one of my, he was right there with me. Joints he chose for that night, even a little freestyle he put, I was like, yeah, put Chris back on his heels a little bit. I thought Chris was like, fuck that fashion. I'm controlling the crowd, not you. See, it was a it was a perfect night. Hip hop was something. If you're a real hip hop fan, probably what you dreamed about. Get the one King Battle, KRS. We were talking about this. Him and Rockin' for so long. Yeah. We kind of manifested that. We just stayed out there for that. Yeah. Who'd you, who, who'd you have winning, Zane, and why? Going into it, um, shit. I, I thought it was going to be a tie, like for the overall catalog of songs they would perform. Uh, then I thought that Kane would have an edge because Kane has more of the ladies, like, you know, female fans and stuff like that. They bought a lot of his records. And, um, but at the end of the day, man, it's like KRS got that boom back. He has, he has the stage performance. I believe he controlled the crowd better than Kane. There were times when Kane was spitting rapid fire. Like we all as fans know what he was saying, but the way it was coming out of his mouth, I was like, what the hell is he saying? Like he was going too quick. And I think that was, that was, that was, that was more, uh, I guess, cause of the pressure from, from KRS one. He know that he's, I mean, they both A-list artists, but right. you know that KRS one is going to bring a lot of like showmanship and all that other stuff, and that's stage performance and freestyle and all that other stuff. Yeah, man, it's like fuck that fashion. You gotta Yo. make it up for sixty. Yo, that, it's, it's ironic though, um, see that you would say like going into it, because going into it, I'm like, yo, I thought about it, I'm like Kane versus KRS one. performance. What I saw in terms of performance, 
and I and Duwop chimed in on this also. He was asking my opinion about it. Kane's performance was cool. His breath control, his, Kane's breath control and his performance was cool. But because I think it was so cool, he probably draw the audience in nearly as much as with Karis One. Like Karis One showmanship, I think, was yeah. all over the top, engaging and, 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 for lack of a better word, loud. That I, to me, it just it really resonated with me. And I and I say this about all these verses that what people don't really realize is that what verses is expo- verses exposes that a lot of people don't really have to defend. They don't. They don't really have 20 bangers. They have songs that we listen to, like, oh, okay, all right, you know. But, because, yo, yo, this is going to buzz you out. I told Duop that Duop was like, yo, he was like, wait a minute. He was like, yo, you're right. He was, I said, yo, the average fan, the average Big Daddy King fan can't name 20 records from King. I can name 20 records because, yo, I'm a hardcore Big Daddy King fan. Like, I know Big Daddy King from Long Live the King. Um, it's a Big Daddy thing. Uh, the Prince of Darkness, Taste of Chocolate, uh, Looks Like a Job for Yo, Big Daddy Kane had a lot, a lot of albums. He put out a lot of albums. But certain people were only locked in for a short period of time. So most of his records, yeah. So after a while, you start being like, okay, all right, what you know, what you, you know, there was some songs that Big Daddy Kane did that I was like, uh, you know, all right. There was some songs honestly also that Chris did that I was like, ah, it wasn't my favorite joint or whatever, but, but it was very apparent that Karis One catalog is a lot more extensive than um, Big Daddy Kane. Karis One didn't have to do nine millimeters in And then you know what hit? So I, like I said, I went into the night thinking that Big Daddy Kane may be able to edge it on personality. And I ended the night with that Karis One, I think, edged it personality. Yeah, I agree with you. Karen Strong has more shoulders. He knows what it is to get the crowd and the crowd participation. Right off the yeah. beat. But yo, you got a desert. You got a lot of people. Once you hear that, let me hear you say ho oh, right there. Your brain goes hip-hop. And once you get on the beat on the, the timing like that, and you're... That's the same thing Kiss did. There's a... Yo, um, New York, let me, get, let me get your attention, son. There's a... Um, there's a, there's, I think there's a faction of people that appreciate crowd participation. I think there's a faction of people who are like, nah, I'm not here for it. Perform your record. <laughs> Perform your record. So it's like, it's like hit or miss, like depending on the crowd. If you get a crowd that comes in and the crowd is like, yo, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be integrated into the show, they're gonna rock with it. But then there are other people that they just like, yo, I just wanna chill. I paid for the ticket or whatever. I wanna see you perform. And I seen like some of the backlash that Chris got was that, yo, all right, so why are you doing this, performing a little bit, and then holding out the mic and this, that, or whatever. Like, Big Daddy Kane, to me, like, breath control and all that stuff was, was better than, than Karis One. But again, I think Karis One's energy to me just, it was like, the bill. he was like a supernova that night. I'm still number one. He has songs where his true fans they know each and every word. Mm-hmm. He, he has he's that he's that that much of a phenom effect when it comes to hip hop, and he knew that. You have to know that. And not only that, he's a Leo. Leos have energy like that. I'm gonna go through the Barack, track Obama, Barack Obama is a, is a, yeah, I'm gonna go on stage. It's a rap. Do the track this real quick, and then not you know not you don't have to go like one by one. No, I just, just to hype all it, you know, 
So you got Criminal Minded first, just rhyming with the biz. Just rhyming with the biz was a great song, but again, Criminal Minded is criminal. It's Criminal Minded. Criminal Minded. Criminal Minded. I'm still number one. Versus enough respect with Big Daddy Kane. Right. I don't even know the lyrics to enough respect with Big Daddy Kane. I know I know the song, but I don't know the lyrics. So I was like, all right, I see the song. Yeah, I can hear it, but I'm like, damn, do I even know those? Character one, MCs act like they don't know. Big Daddy Kane, Young Gifted and Black. Young Gifted and Black, crazy rap. Karis won the MC. Then he did the he did Out of Here also. Yeah, out of Here, bro. Big Daddy King did um, Lean On Me. Cash uh, One, Jack of Spades. Big Daddy King set it off. Undeniable hit record. Yeah. Um, young Young did it in black too. You huh? see, see Chris Face when he started, he heard that Farrakhan, he was like. Yeah. Hey, yo, yeah, that's, that's, that's a classic record. My yeah. philosophy, then King performed Little Combat off the Big Daddy thing. Um, it's a Big Daddy thing album, which to me was an okay record, but that was, you know. Um, Super Ho, Boogie Down for the Jimmy. Yeah. Care, so I, I, I was a little confused with this. Did I get the job done? Um, not that that was a bad song, but to me, that was like, you know, that, I, I always felt like that was really that Big Daddy King was trying to do, you know, something pop with Teddy right. Riley because Teddy Riley was hot. Right. Um, Part Time Suckers versus Pippin' Ain't Easy. Pippin' Ain't Easy, classic record with Nice and Smooth, and then Nice and Smooth then did quick, of course. Then you got Black Cop, Shoot the Kill and Take It Easy. And I think that this was, this was a good idea by Kane. I think Kane came with Raw. Another So, again, like, not to go through all of them, but just... And then, I, then, then I, and Kane did that freestyle. He did that 120 minutes per second joint, scratch through that all, I was like, who came by me? But yeah. I love about Kane, and I'm glad you said that. Kane style has transcended. If you look at Kane, you can hear Black Thought. Yeah, anybody who sees wordplay is so, is so timely. It's just, it's you can hear every word. Yeah, I, I have to say though, I think to me, like the low part of the battle was watching DJ Scratch to argue with Big Capri or <laughs> whatever. I was just like, yo, what is going to ask y'all that? Why was y'all trying to bully Big Capri, son? Y'all said I was whack, yo. Yo, yo you know what the craziest part, though? Did you see when he had to sneak out? He had already did his Jason Big with the Friday the 13th. I'm going to play Everybody Jason. Everybody knows that Jason movie. Yo, then it was another joint where Kane was like, nah, nah, chill. Like, he literally had his sneak out on a turntable where I guess he was about to... I'm like, yo, what is this? Are we gonna watch Big Daddy Kane versus Harris One? Are we gonna watch DJ Scratch versus Kid Capri? After Kid Capri already was like, nah, the guys do whatever they do. Yo, I don't battle. Yo, I hate this. Cause they always say at the verses. This is the, the tagline of the verses. Oh, hip hop one. I personally feel like, yo, verses is just that. Versus this person versus that person. My, my winner for that particular battle, I'm gonna go with Harris One. But I will say, as much as I hate hip-hop, the hip-hop one thing, I do feel like hip-hop one in the sense that for young cats that had an opportunity to tune in, to get exposure to that magnitude of music, to that level or that quality of music, was just to me yeah, like, yo, that was, that was like class was obsession. Because you know, the young kids, they, they didn't know what song was. They didn't know, they didn't. Crowd participation. 
be a part of the, be a part of the show. Ain't no way in the world they 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 they, they do the words of the song. Well, I was thinking with the theme of participation, man. You probably happen to see that the train riders in Philly recorded a woman being raped and absolutely did nothing, man. Whew. Oh my God. Yo, what do you, Zane? What do you, what do you think about this? I think um, every person out there, male or female, that got to witness that and had that mobile device up just filming it or took a picture whatever of how it's you know what I'm saying like that could have been they they gotta look on the other side of the fence it could have been assisted and mom that uh, whatever you know what I'm saying and I I just think that it just shows like where the where the, where the world is right now man like everybody wanna put stuff on social media and be the first or whatever. Um you got all these you got all these like men out there supposed to be tough guys or whatever. But they only tough guys when it's when it's when it's upon their convenience. Like why they didn't go in and intervene. You know what I'm saying? Not being for real. Like yo, they said it went um what the dude. It was like she was getting harassed for like 40 minutes. It went uh they, they, they passed 24, 24 stops, yo. 24 stops. 27 stops. It's a shame, man. That's crazy. What, what you say, Rob? It's crazy that's happening. Yo, bro. My, my thing is, I'm almost compelled to think that the onlookers were sitting there enjoying the shit. And you were looking and watching it without the Was it that graphic that you had to stand there and pull out your fucking phone? And this lady is probably telling this nigga to get off her. Yeah. Do nothing, not even call a cop. Sad. Is it, isn't this indicative, though, of what we, what we currently experiencing in society? Like, the whole, the whole desire to go viral or to be first. You know, or to get some yeah. like and stuff like that. Like people get so caught up and they videotaping yo, people get so caught up in videotaping that they forget that, you know, that that you actually have to put the camera down and engage and intervene. As far as I'm concerned, everybody that was there, they complicit. They were you, you, you were in on it. You allowed this to yeah. Yeah. woman <clears throat> with essentially an audience. We talking about verses that Yo, you know how many people probably witnessed that? This little long, long, twenty-seven stops off. Well, yeah, yo. So, so at least for thirty minutes. So, so, so thirty minutes watching. So here's his here's my thing. Um, when you guys were out, me and Ken, we had we did an episode, and I was talking about um, when when uh when social media, I think Instagram went down, WhatsApp, and all that stuff. And Facebook, I don't know if Facebook went down, but I think it, it may have. But, but yo, that was the opportunity for people to unplug, and, and, and we need people to, to, to be present. Like, something has transpired with us now that people struggle with being present. Like, yo, I go to a lot of concerts, and at the concerts, instead of people actually enjoying the show, they spend most of the time recording the show. Like, to me, I'll record maybe like a snippet or something like that, but if I pay my money for tickets, I'm not gonna sit there and record the whole Yeah, you know, you, like, there's something missing when we as a society, we don't wanna be present, especially present in the sense that we willing, we think it's of much more value to videotape somebody being victimized than to actually insert ourselves and in, in be an intervention. And you look at like, thank God, and I don't wanna say that it's wrong to videotape these because thank God they had the video footage for George Floyd, right? Thank God we, we, we got an opportunity to see that video footage, but it, ha it has to go beyond just, okay, I wanna video record 
somebody in the act of a crime doing something, you know, because you would want your loved one to intervene. Listen, man. I know that shit can happen when you Somebody would have did something. Some of them at least called the fucking cops. There's many people that ride the train. So I don't know the demographics really of what areas the train is running in. But come on, man. Someone is getting. Society, society has created a narrative for everyone to be cowards. But then have all all the might and the gall to pull out their phone and videotape yeah. Like, where, where do we get this type of mentality? It's totally desensitized. Of course, yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. It's when you like Ron Fester, he talked about, he talked about, um, what's the guy named, 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 I'm glad you asked this question. You know, before we started, you know, what changed or how how things changed. You see, I picked up my Lego. Mm-hmm. You need to be out there doing some mental calisthenics, man, for yourself and, and retune yourself and leave the outside world alone. Start focusing on your inner thoughts, yourself. Yeah. Help. What was going on with you mentally, man? And stuff like that. The gentleman that 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 made the that did the act. Where was his brain? I think he would do that in the street. Well, you know what's crazy about it, though, fellas? The dude had the nerve. He had the audacity, whether true or false. He said that he know the he knew the lady, allegedly know the lady, but he forgot her name. So what? And then he said it was consensual. I'm like, come on, y'all. Okay. Yo, you know something? We become a society of observation first. And then it forced to then participation, and then maybe if we lucky, we're, maybe lucky if we're lucky, somebody or you know there'll be some some intervention. I, you know, I'm looking at this also. You know, people, people are still getting snatched today, man. Yep. People, the people are here still kidney and lung harvesting. Yeah. You gotta be on your P's and Q's, man. Yeah. Anytime I tell the girls when they go out, keep your head on a swivel. I know you with your friends. Every now and then, put your back to the wall and just look right and left. And watch yeah. out. Yeah. You know, I have a, uh, I have, a, I have a real big. Uh, 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 concern about because they said it happened. Um, this, just, just outside of Philadelphia, correct? So, where was security? Where was, like, who's behind the cameras? Like, who's, where, where's the police? Like, what, they are they are they short-staffed for, for, for 27 stops? Because normally, anywhere in, in, anywhere in major cities where there's high crime, per, it's going to be police or security somewhere. Someone, the person who made the call to the police, worked for the NTA service, and off-duty, and he must have just said to him, must have seemed weird. He's the one that called the police. And when the police got, got to him at the 27th stop, homeboy was still in the act. He was still trying to frizz. They had the full homeboy off the home girl. Yo, do you think that's a big lawsuit coming for her? You're gonna have a big lawsuit against her. Do you think this is a product of um, people being people now being fearful to um, to provide intervention or to get involved or whatever the backlash is? Because you know, they, they, let's, let's, be, let's be real. Let's be real. As people of color, people of color, 
a lot of times our approach to a lot of stuff is just, you know, I'm not ice nothing, I'm minding my business, you know, kind of thing or whatever. So has that that type of mentality seeped into how we go about our day-to-day in society where we see stuff and we all we're all complicit, like it don't involve me. I ain't got nothing to do with it. I ain't seen right. it. And a lot of times those situations can turn up in that might not be the decision. I get it. I get I get I get all of that. But someone conscious can tell if someone is in distress versus consensual whether this person wanted to be wild and crazy. Some people wild and crazy have sex crazy. You know what I'm saying? But if she wasn't, if you can tell someone consensually enough what to be involved with somebody. That's, come on, man. That's not, I think that's the thing that's the thing that's not mind about them, but you pull out your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I ain't gonna say nothing about it, but I'm gonna, show, I'm gonna send this video and show people what's going on. And later on, I'm gonna put it out on some dark web shit. Oh, son, crazy. Now, they the, crazy, the, crazy, the crazy part about that is that they gave this guy, uh, what, his bail is set at 180 grand. They, like, situation like that, you're not supposed to get no damn bail. You know what I'm saying? If you heard what I said, you know they ain't putting that on the dark web. They put it on Instagram or Facebook so they can get the likes. <laughs> and that's where we're at. Yo, but here's even more. Here's, yo, this is even more ground. sick about it. Even more sick. Yo, who are the people liking it? Who are the people liking it? Why, why does that warrant the like? The sick. <laughs> <laughs> the people are sick, man. Oh, man. Yo, did y'all have an opportunity to see clothes on Netflix? I watched some of it. No, I heard about it. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch all of it. I think I caught enough of just the Several employees at Netflix were offended. Back that, I think at one point they had a walkout. So now, following the walkout, the, um, the trans employees of Netflix and their allies have released a list of demands. What are your thoughts on this? You want to start, Rob? My my thought is, you know, you know, they, some of their list they want they want Netflix to adopt measures in areas monetize, or not monetize, but to correctively suggest what content they should invest in. Netflix is a, is a machine on the show. And, you know, the owners and the creators of Netflix were, were put there to, to, to kind of make more money. You can sit there and binge watch everything. You know, they're, they're not concerned much about what content is. As long as it's Brash enough to collect people and have people watch it over and over again. That's their motive. Um, you know, the, the whole thing, this transphobia thing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, here it is. I'm a black man. And I got to wear this skin everywhere I go. And I, and I catch eyes. I catch people touching person. I can't do all of that. And the moment you say something about a certain individual, yeah, you get all this, you get all this backlash, or and, and I and I love everything that Chappelle said, man. 
know what I mean? I love everything you say, because we can sit here, we can sit here and beef and complain and kill and name one another. But no one's stepping for that. But the moment you have some sort of opinion about someone else, now you gotta rule my life. How does that work? How does that even work, man? Yo, this is, let me let me run down the list of demands. So they want they want Netflix to eliminate references and imagery of Chappelle inside the workplace, including but not limited to murals, posters, room names, and swag. They want acknowledgement that special causes that the special causes harms to the trans community and Netflix responsibility on it. So we keep the conversation around transphobia evolving internally. They want uh, trans and non-binary content investment. They want an investment in trans or binary content on Netflix comparable to our total investment in transphobic content. They want comparable class of investments should not limited to works produced by Dave Chappelle. They want um, an investment in multiple trans creators and scripted and unscripted programs and genres. They want to revisit internal process on commissioning and or releasing potential harmful content. They want to hire transgender content executives and leading positions, recruit trans trans people for leadership roles in the company. Um, and they want a disclaimer before the closer specifically saying it contains transphobic language, misogyny, homophobia, and hate speech. Uh, and they want to boost promotion for disclosure and other trans affirming titles in the platform. Uh, in the platform. Now here's here's something I'll say. About how many? How many, how many how yeah, it was quite a few. Here's what I'll say about this before I get into um, specifics in terms of, you know, the, the whole thing. What I respect about them is we had, what was it, last, I feel like last summer, it's all the, throughout the, the pandemic, there was this huge uproar and discussion about Black Lives Matter. There were all these protests. We did all these protests. We were all over the place. Everybody, we had all of this, all of these, this, this protest or whatever. And I remember us three sitting on, sitting on this podcast several times, several times, and having these discussions. And I've always went back to now. Now's the time. What do we want? We gotta ask for what it is that we want. So regardless of whatever it is, if these demands are outlandish or not. What I respect about them is that they came up with a list of demands, right? So to go back to what you're saying, Rob, like as a, as a, um, a person of color, you know, we have these discussions all the time about whatever issues we have in the community and everything. We don't have, we have, we're starting to, I think leaders are starting to emerge, but even when leaders emerge because we have our own set of infighting, we look at them a little like, how I feel about my song. I don't know how I feel about Tamika Mallory because we, we want to know if they're profiting on it, profiting on it. And we get distracted from actually what it is that we want. Right. So it just comes across as, yo, you just fighting to be fighting. So I would be I wouldn't be surprised if 14 whatever bullets on this list. They may not get 14, but something on this list they're gonna get. And the reason why they're gonna get it is because they were specific about it. If you're specific and you tell people this is what I need or this is what I want to help me feel comfortable or progress or rectify whatever the situation is, it comes across better than just, yo, you're complaining. And I think that as people of color, we sort of have fell into this, this box that it's easy for people to tuck us away and be like, yo, they just complaining and complaining. 
they just complain and complain or whatever because we don't have tangible deliverables for them. And here it is that they have a list of stuff. Some of the stuff that we, we all look at them and be like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen or that's outlandish or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, y'all a listen to man. It's almost like as, as people of color, you want to hold white people, um, how you call it, hostage. We hold them hostage and then they be like, the hostage negotiator comes in and be like, well, what do you want? And we, and, damn, we never got this far. You mean to tell me we could, we could get something? Then that's when the in, the infighting starts. But right now, it appears that they, they're in a position where they're trying to hold Netflix hostage. They're trying to hold Netflix hostage. And Netflix is probably saying, them, either they're saying so or not, the hostage, the, the negotiator showed up. And Netflix, um, the, 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 the allies and the transphobia people protesting are saying, well, guess what? To the negotiator. This is our list of demands. This is the stuff that we want. So that's the step right there. Yeah, Rob, you going to say something? No, I was... What I wanted to say was, you know, trans, LGBTQ, whatever your lifestyle is, that's exactly what it is. It's your lifestyle. You made that choice. Um, and even for those who feel, feel they, they were born that way, that's, I'm, I'm all right with that too. But the moment someone has something, you know, we, people get talked about every day. Black people may talked about the most every day. Every time people lay their eyes on us, they're already in their minds and made up their mind on how to cross the street. They don't even want to walk by that person. You know, do, do they want to rent them that room? Do I, do I want to serve them with politeness? I'm, I'm anticipating she looks like she's angry, so she already got an attitude. I mean, we go through so many different stereotypes and all sorts of types. And you know, there's, there's, there's no rallying cry. And I guess they want us to rally cry. But when we rally cry, we're just upset man. We're just looking for some handouts. I don't fucking handouts. When I walk out this out my door, I want to be treated with respect. Period. Let me yeah, let me say, Rob, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you said that because I was thinking about it. Like, what I think... As a black person, they, they, want, they want respect too. And I get it. They deserve respect. You can't you cancel people's lives. And these yeah. You know what's crazy? I mean, let me just say this one point. You know what's crazy? There was a guy that went out there in that, 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 that rally with a sign that says, I like Chappelle. And they, they snatched it out of his hand, broke it, handed him back the stick, and then screamed to authority, He has a weapon. He has a weapon. I'm like, Hold on, you just assaulted the man for his sign, destroyed his sign, handed it back to him with just a stick, and then they said, he has a weapon, like, you know what, I, I, as I say, what, what you're saying in terms of like what we want is, as, what we, what we want as black people, we want, we want human rights, we don't want to be killed, we don't want to be beat by the police, we don't want all these things, but... But look, check this out. Check, check, check this out. If we, if we ask for those things, first of all, for us to get those things, they would have to acknowledge that those things exist. Acknowledging that those things exist, the ramifications of that, it is, is would be mind blowing. Like there are still people that walking around that don't think that racism exists. 
you know, so, 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 so when you start thinking about, when you start thinking about how these two, you know, because it's not really, it's not apples to apples comparison in terms of black people versus um, trans people or people that identify as LGBT. They're a minority group, and we're looked at as a minority group, even though we are majority. The um. So yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's different in terms of um, comparison. Like I watched, I watched the poser, and there were funny moments in it. And then I acknowledged, and I said this to Kenyatta too. I was like, "Yo, you know what I acknowledge about that? I watched it. I thought it was funny, and I laughed. And I laughed. And you know why I laughed? Because I was like, you know what? I wasn't the target of it. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I was, I was clear, right? I'm under clear. Yeah, I was like, yo, I wasn't the target of it. But then I said to myself, okay, if it was a if, if it was a white comedian up there making jokes about black people or me as a black man, would I feel similar to how they feel? I don't know, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. So I'm saying I enjoyed it, but then I was like, yo, damn, like I'm kinda like an innocent bystander. I Yeah, but you know but for this for this particular instance. We're innocent bystanders, so I don't know what like my qualification in terms of this stuff, how qualified I am to speak. I can't speak to the pain that that whatever this man was saying was evoked because yo, it was it was it was comedy. And I think that that's that's the part. Right, what, what about free speech? What about well, well that's what I was gonna say. I think that's the part that I think that's kinda getting a little dicey when it comes to cancel culture because the essence and the pure nature of comedy is to make fun of. But we all know making fun of is funny when you're not when you're not the target. You're part of the joke. Yeah, 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 bro. Um, thank you. Well, you basically wrapped up everything I was gonna say. Um, but like in a nutshell, the last thing you said was that yeah. Uh, as far as for any any legendary comedian has edgy material. Uh, you're not gonna be. You're not gonna be a Richard Pryor, George Garland, a Jim Carrey, uh, uh, you brought Ronnie, Ronnie, da- look, look at, look at Ronnie Dangerfield, all the stuff he was saying. No, oh, I'm sorry, um, no, uh, not, not him. Andrew Dice Clay, Andrew Dice Clay, he was, he was very, every, uh, you know, uh, edgy. So, but, but, but the crazy part about it is that, why did it take this long for this stuff to happen? Because. Andrew Dice Clay was talking about stuff like that back then, but back then they didn't have this this, this group that we talking about. But they were well, still talking about it was a segue. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Tolerance, because now tolerance, education, society, yeah. society, the evolution of society, where now when people are it's it's again I'm like not to on that. I believe this is, I believe this particular is trying to change the narrative on how people see people based on how this country was already developed. This country was developed by individuals who looked at a certain other people and wanted to erase them off the fucking planet. That's yeah. the culture of America. And that's why there's so many divisions because everybody wants to be, yo, respect me, respect me. Come on, man. Let's just lay it out on the, on the table. You know, give people that deserve respect and give it to them when they deserve it. That's when it. Yeah. You know what I think too though? I think I think ultimately a lot of people like you know uh they 
they scared to speak against it. Like, I mean, whatever somebody do to float the boat, whatever, but don't like push them. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because they have they they, they have it to where they it, it's going to be courses taught in elementary school and all that stuff. Like, come on, y'all. Like, but nobody yeah. speaks up against it because they 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 afraid that they're going to get blackballed or like the or, or, or lose the so, so yeah. there's an all white kids. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I, like I said, I was saying, I feel like that as a country, just in general, like society, I think that, that, that we, we've evolved, and I think that, like, not everybody in the country evolves on the same, the same level. Like, to me, I almost feel like, minus the technology, back in the, back probably like in the 40s or 50s, they were probably three dudes sitting around having the same discussion as it relates to interracial relationships. Yo, or having the or having the same discussion having the same discussion as it relates to um you know um Jewish people or, or whatever it is. Like my position on this is I I I, I take the stance of because for once my demographic wasn't the butt of the joke or targeted I don't know if I have, I don't know if I feel qualified to tell those people how they should fit. That's a valid point. How they feel about it. Because I'm telling you, I know for a fact, me, that if I I turned on the TV today, and Andrew Dice Clay was up there, and word this, this do this, that, that, or whatever, oh, this, that, or whatever, yo. I'm not saying I'm a gold boycott Netflix and lose my mind or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I damn sure I would be like, yo, I'm done with Andrew Dice Clay. Right, and and that's a choice that you made. Based on your on who you are, develop whatever it is. That's the choice that you made. Look, I'm, I'm leaving him alone. I, I still like Netflix. Hey, 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 Sean Rock. Sean Rock. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that. Uh, well, first, Sean brought up the, the the point where he said that you know we evolved and stuff like that. But look at what was happening with um one of the the the, the best comedy series ever, In Living Color. Look at what Jim Carrey was doing when he had Elvira. That's, that was the same damn thing, you know what I'm saying? But they wasn't pushing, they, you know, they, yep. they, they, it, it, it was no no backlash back then. But like you're saying, right now, we're in a whole different age right now. But you know what? You, you, know, why, you know why you can't say that? Because there's not, if you think about it, like, look at all these comedians, and then I'm sure you guys have seen, like, the, the literature and the research on it. At some point in time, like, mostly all of our favorite comedians found themselves in some kind of drag or something like that for comedic purposes, you know? And and, and, and I think that there's... Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I think, honestly, like, part of comedy, like, to me, comedy is... Comedy is edgy, but comedy is underrated, and comedy doesn't get the credit it deserves. And doesn't... We're talking about with genius. With genius, because a great comedian... Comedy exposes what's behind the veil. It tells the truth, but it allows it allows you to laugh it off just a little bit. But it sticks with you like a great comedian should be able to take. I think should be able to take an audience to a point where they feel like they that that they're on the edge and know how to say edgy things, but know how to say edgy things also conveying it from a, a, a humorous. Man, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and yeah. I think that there, I think there have been plenty of white comedians that have the ability 
to play on and use their comedic genius to have these conversations. Like, you look at a dude like Gary, Gary Owens. So Gary Owens is not, he's not a, a, a great all-time comedian, but he's a white comedian that I think at one point he was married to a black woman. And he talks about black, you know, black things and stuff like that. But he talks about it in a manner where black people are like, okay, you're, you're talking about black things that are going on, but you're not saying stuff that's going to be, that I feel is malicious or impactful and threatening. And, and again, being that I'm not transgender and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't associate in the transgender community. I don't know what the impact of the other stuff that he said. You know, it, it's, it, it, and it's really to me, it's no different than like if you get a dude that come on and they start making anti-Semite jokes or whatever, and you look or whatever, you sit and look and you may chuckle at it or whatever. But if your boy is Jewish, your boy is just Jewish, you'll probably look at me like, yo, what the hell? You said, what about this? Whatever. Yeah. So it's like you know, like when you think about it in that context. To me, it's like, oh, okay, I can see. I can see why people would be upset about it. Does it warrant them canceling them? Do they want to yeah, That I don't know because I think at the end of the day, what they're, what they're using him as is a stepping stone to... Because we always talk about this stuff about agenda or whatever. What they're using Dave Chappelle to me as a stepping stone to is to integrate more content that, um, that depicts um, trans... And no. to put money behind it and this that or whatever and it, and and hold on Rob let me say this and if we were smart if we were if we were smart you know just to bring it back over onto the race side if we were smart when we had America by the balls over George Floyd and all these other things we should have been going to to NBC NBC how many there's not a lot of sitcoms now on regular TV, but what's there? A handful uh, of probably black shows, like, oh, they just threw us the, re the, um, the remake of the Wonder Years. We should have been going to them networks saying, yo, we want more representation of black people in leadership. We want more representation of, of black shows. We want more, we want this, that. But you know what we did? We went in the street, we picketed, we marched, we talked a whole bunch of shit. You know, we complained. We got up the next week, we went out, we did it again. Week after that, we went and did it again. We mixed in a little bit of looting and rioting because we were, you know, we were we were disgusted. Because that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. We better go burn some shit down. Mostly our own shit instead too. Of, instead of having a, 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 a intelligent conversation with some people. To let oh, them... wow. They met our demands when we got the flash screen TV and we took the flash screen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but but. This trans community is leveraging the popularity of Chappelle. They want to change the narrative, the outlook of society to be accepted for who they are. I, 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 I've never had to accept or felt like I had to accept someone because of who they are. I mean, I have family members who are gay and they, that's their community. That's their community and all that. But I still know them as my aunt. I still know them as, you know what I'm saying? Friendly, I don't, I've never been raised that way. I've been around a lot of gay people and I looked at them as I look at myself. A regular person. Yeah. What you do in your time or when you do it is your business. None of my business. That choice you made, you have to, whatever choice you made, you gotta be accountable for the choice that you made. Mm -hmm. Whether the outcome, whether good or bad, 
based on that choice, that's something that you have to deal with. I don't, I don't get the bashing or anything. Yeah. I'm so righteous, man. I'm trying to say righteous as possible. So, 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 what do y'all believe? Like, it's gonna be more of this LB. GT stuff like more 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 shows that's gonna be introduced on Netflix or what? I just that's why I think it's coming. Now, there's always gonna be the half those versus Always gonna be one person against another for whatever purpose. It's going to generate money and whatever content. That's what's gonna happen. Man. Like that. You know, you know what I like this from vaccinated and unvaccinated. You know, you know what I, you know what I think that we do have to um to look at, because I do think that there there will be more LGBT um content. Yeah. And I think, and I think that, and I think that also well, through TV I, now. I, I think that if you, I think if LGBT content is not for you on Netflix, you don't you don't turn it on. You don't turn it on. I think there's also um horror movies that you have no interest in. Comedy movie. Yo, there's so many. What I'm, what I'm getting at is that there are right, so many right. different things on there that they could put whatever it is on there. If it's not for you, then it's just not for you. It's not you don't watch it. But here's one of the things that I think that where there's a disconnect that where we go awry with it, and it's not, and it doesn't become an ac- accurate representation of. There's cognitive dissonance, right? So we could say we go all sit and say, you know, um. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, if that's your lifestyle choice, that's what you choose to do, or this, that, or whatever. If that's our position, then we shouldn't be in an uproar about whatever it is that they're doing, right? If we saying that we don't care about it, you know, you know, with y'all, I don't care if a person's gay or trans or whatever it is, then we can't get in an uproar about it. But if we say we don't care, but then we like, yo, why the hell is these damn shows coming on? Why is going on this, that? That's cognitive dissonance. That, that's not consistent with your message that you're not caring. Because there's plenty of shit that we don't, we all don't care about that we just don't indulge in or whatever. That's, that's like saying, yo, um, how you call it? I don't, yo, I don't like uh, such and such. I don't like porn. But I'm gonna I'm I'm argue about it all day. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to be bothered with it, you just you say, like, you know what? I don't watch the LGBT. I don't watch LGBT programming. I don't watch horror films. I don't watch this. I don't want whatever it is. And you just don't watch it. But it can't be. You can't say that you, y'all, I don't care what people do and then offer commentary on it that's, that's not consistent with that. That's why, that, that's why uh, frankly, that's why a lot of, I think, LGBT. People and trans people be like, yo, okay, we don't have no allies or whatever in this, you know, for that reason. Because the people who say that, you know, you don't care or whatever, if you if you could again go back to complicit, if you complicit and you don't care, or whatever, then you ain't gonna have shit really to say about it one way or another, you know. And, and I always be bothered with that that people put so much time and energy. I'm like, yo, if you're not gay, are you thinking gay? Like, like, why do you care? Who cares? Not you know what? You know what? I don't. You know what? I don't like. I don't like how they. How they like I said before, I don't like how they. You know, having these different classes of that the kids, the kid, the kids' minds are not even like developed to even know practically right or wrong and shit. They have these different shows. They have these different classes that that's going to be taught in elementary. I I think I think that's I think to me I think that's wrong. But I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's you know what thing that I don't think it's anything I don't think it's anything wrong with you having that opinion. Like I think you I think you entitled your opinion. 
And like I said earlier, I feel like that probably was back in the 40s. Three dudes sitting around having the same discussion and saying like, yo, you hear me talking about putting these coons in the same dance school as our kids? These coons gonna be drinking from the same water fountain as us? You mean to tell me these coons wanna sit at the front of the bus? You mean to tell me that they gonna be talking about in school this damn critical race theory stuff? You, you get where I'm going with this stuff? <laughs> and I was like, yo. It, it's, and here's the other thing I think too, or whatever, like, though, whatever's on TV, whatever's in the music, and whatever it is, at the end of the day, there's so much stimulation and so much shit going on that the kids are exposed to, or whatever. That's like saying, and I used to hate this with Batman. Remember back in the day, see Dolores Tucker, whenever violence popped up, shit, yo, it's the rap music that made these people catch the body. I'm like, nah, man, it ain't that. It's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on that made that person. You know, it, played, it played a major part though, and I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm a big I'm a big rap and hip hop fan. But and you you're not gonna hear. You think rap contributed to, to the demise? You think people were getting bodies? People getting bodies from the rap? It played a, it, it played it played its part. It played its part because you have a lot of you have a lot of people that don't know that it's just entertainment. A lot of these rappers that you know say they do this and that in records, they don't even do that. But they, it's, it's, it's entertainment. It goes back to even like how that little uh, big big uh, uh, story of whatever rapper who we don't know who it is, but the rapper said it was this big thing over in the West Coast with all the all the all the big corporate heads with the label <laughs> and they had this they had this they had this big uh meeting talking about the agenda push gangster music. You know what I'm saying? Cause you gotta figure gangster music ties in with incarceration. You know what I'm saying? So but that's a whole nother story. But I do believe rap plays a part. I'm not gonna say it plays the full part. But I don't say hip hop does, rap does. Because rap is, you know, rap and hip hop are two different things. Yo, I was on. Gangsta rap. I should say gangsta rap. Not rap, I, gangsta rap played play the part. I, I was in Clubhouse. I was in Clubhouse. Yeah. And they were having a similar conversation. And a woman came on and she was like, yo, I'm not watching Raising Canaan. I'm not watching DMF. I'm not watching these shows because these shows push drug culture and it promotes this and she went through like this whole thing or whatever and a lot of times I don't speak on those apps or whatever but I was like yo let me speak on this I spoke on it and I said to her I was like I feel like sometimes we use entertainment and art to kind of shirk responsibility for some of the stuff that we we as people are responsible for we can't have it both ways we can't say we want black creators we want black creators, but then black creators give us black content, and then we shun it because we like, this ain't the black content we want. Black content we want. You know, it's gotta be one or the other, like, and my response to her was just similar to what I said the other thing. Okay, you don't want, you don't want it, you don't want to consume it, cool. You turn it off. But when you start looking at the Raising Canaan, the Powers, and there's all these different shows and everything, bro, there's a bigger problem if people are watching Power and going out and being like, yo, all right, I'm ghost. I'm going to catch your body. I'm going to shoot people up. I'm going to do this and do that. Or whatever. Like, yo, life imitates art. I get that. And art imitates life. But where are the people in your life that are supposed to help you separate reality from, from this stuff? And then people often say, also, See, like, hold on, hold on. People often say, yo, it influences the children. Okay, so where's the parent that allows their kid that's 10 years old, 12 years old, or 13 years old to watch? power of BMF that's laden with sexual scenes, 
drug paraphernalia, violence, and all that or whatever. We bypassed the whole fact that the parents you know, that parent be like, why, so why No, but you gotta why you gotta figure too. You gotta figure too. Like uh, the, the the three of us, we whether we have family members or friends of friends or close friends, we all know family members that had not a mother nor father. They had to raise themselves at the age of maybe less than ten, eight. You gotta look at Chicago, L.A., different parts of New York, whatever, wherever the high crime rate is. So a lot of them kids, I'm speaking for a lot of them kids that don't have the mother or father. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have that proper guidance. So at the end of the day, they only gonna go to what is tangible to them, whether it be the OG on the block or it be the, or to be the the prostitute or it be the gambling or it be whatever. Or just be gang gang or it be just gang violence. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, them them them, them people are very vulnerable to or they adapt to their to their, you know, situation. I'm speaking for them, not 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 for people that knows the difference between right and wrong, and they know that rap is, you know, or gangster rap is just entertainment. But that's my yeah. point exactly. See, look what you said. You're like, yo, the OG on the block, the pimp. Those are tangible people, real world people, not fictional characters, right? Right. So why why are people not in an uproar when they go see, um, how you call it, Michelangelo paintings and people? All the people that's painted or their sculptures, the generals are out. Why do we look at that and be like, well, this is a beautiful piece of art? Instead of looking at it and be like, yo, this is filth, this is pornography. When we look at it, you know how to accept it. Exactly. And that's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they push it. The powers that be push that agenda. But we, we high you know? like, we have to, we have to, we have to put more. We have to get out. We're being taught how to accept it. We have to fight. Like the OG, we put we will tell Fifty Cent stop making these shows before we tell a parent, yo, why you letting your kid watch the show? How's that? How's that right? Like, what? I, I haven't been able to wrap my head around that. That's exactly. why, but, but but see, that's 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 the whole like the whole dynamic switch from the '60s up into now, man. Just like back in the '60s, we had it where the parent, yeah, the mother, and you had the mother and father. You had the mother and father sleep in separate beds back in the sixties when you watch shows. Sometimes, then the seventies came, and then it was more of like you know the disco era, the eighties, well, the the disco era. The 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 the, the uh, you had the you had the black family structure that was you know doing well uh, in the sixties and seventies and eighties. Of course, you had the crack epidemic and all that other stuff with families just broke apart. The nineties were actually the, the 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 crack babies growing up, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and then and then up until now, so it's just like it's like a whole melting pot of just a whole, it's like a gumbo of crazy shit, mid grade stuff, and then you got like you know, with people on the right track. But at the end of the day, it's like I guess that's what makes the world go round. You gotta have that yin and the yang. You gotta have that balance. But all I'm saying is, at the end of the day. You know, we gotta know what's 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 right and wrong. All right, look at us, like back in the, you know, back when we was young, we was listening to gangster rap and all that other stuff. You know, knew 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 the words, right and exact, front to back, whatever the word. But you might you might have a calculus class, you might have a calculus class or or, or or whatever, and be like, God damn, what the fuck is this shit? You know what I'm saying? Because that's the power of music. That's the power of music, bro. Music, music is a whole other different, huh? Also need those, those real images in front of you to let you know that it, that it is just music. 
Right. You don't just go out there and, and just pull it here. Because yeah. someone someone's glorifying it. Or even when you see it on your block. Let me tell you something. I lived a long time. Well, thank God I've lived a long time to know when crack came and when it left. And I I, I, I was never entertained to touch any of them. But my peers, I, started, I got many peers who delved into it. Got arrested, who did time. Some of them ain't even here. Yeah. But I, I made a conscious decision at an early age. Not fucking with them. Yeah. yeah. I still listen. I still listen to Cool G Rap. I still listen to NWA. I was still listening to everything from the seventies all up until now. Thank God for KRS One. To be honest with you, after Criminal Minds and Scott Rock died. That was it. He's like, yo, something's going on, son. Why would yeah. you tell her like that? So, 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 what do you, what do you think is the, the gravitation that us as black people have towards listening to um, rappers talk about drugs, prostitution, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you right outside our door. Well, I'll tell you, I don't think, right. I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's solely about prostitution, drugs, drugs, and murder. I think, you know what, you know, I think black people in general, I think we're the biggest consumers in the world. Anything. Anything. And everything. We, we consume. So, that's what, that, and, and I think that, I think what happens is that we can't advance because the lack of personal accountability. For some reason, we always, we always find a way to, to find some other fault as to why somebody else should be responsible. So, we have to be able to understand that what we're, we're, we're consuming, like we're consuming whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's um, art, whatever it is, we're constantly consuming and cons- consuming these things. And then these things, rather than them be consumed for entertainment value, they later on find a way to be an excuse for why we did what we did or whatever it is. Like, can you imagine how many people are probably sitting in prison saying that, yo, had I wouldn't have grew up in LA listening to NWA, I, I, y'all probably wouldn't have been inclined to catch that body. Rather than saying, rather than saying, yo, had I would have never been on the street with a gun or doing whatever it is, I wouldn't have put well, hung around the hung around the right people. Yeah. We, I talk about, we talk about agenda. We talk about agenda. That's an agenda, honestly, that we're pushing. We push an agenda of removing us of responsibility and accountability and placing it on shit like Hollywood, record labels, and this, that, or whatever. So many years I've heard about this meeting that took place, um, how you call it, like you said, the West Coast, and they were saying that we gonna uh, push a promote against that. And I, yo, for all I know, it probably, that meeting probably did occur. We don't know, it probably did. But at the end of the day, with the promotion of all that, there's so many other things that are pro- uh, promoted and we come in contact with, and it's inevitable that we don't come into contact with these things. If we're gonna make a change, I think that's we have to be able to discern, right? We gotta be. A, there has to be discernment around, like, all right, this is this is entertainment. This is for shock value. Break it this for art. This is what we consume. This is this. Well, what I'm saying. Do you have young kids and? Whether male, female, whatever, they don't, they don't understand. They can't decipher that. Well, That's what then, I'm saying. Then, when they grow up, and it gets even worse. Follow me, follow me, follow me with, follow me with, with, with this where I'm going with this logic, right? Because what I just, what I just said in terms of the accountability is what, what you just offered up is usually with people's responses to it. When the kids, you know, play the video games or whatever, they do this and that or whatever. So 
you have kids going to school and they shoot up the school and they say, oh, that's because of Call of Duty, or that's because of this, or that's because of that, or whatever. Dude, the biggest consumers of video games are not even kids. It's not even kids. And we, not, at no point in time do we ask what was the intervention from the parent, the older brother, did this person miss that or whatever. We automatically go to, well, they kids and they consume this. Okay, so they kids and they consume this. You allow them as the parents to consume it? You allow them as the big brother, the whoever it is, the guardian to consume it? We, we bypass that whole step and just go to whatever the action is. Family structure on the side. They have... They have they have doing stuff right on the video game, whether the kid is buying it, but most likely it's the parent. So like you said, if the parent is buying that and it says advisory, blah, 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 and they still getting it for their kid, especially like some shooting game and shit like that, then yeah, now, that, now, that, I'm that, about that is video, likely to happen. The video, uh, the video game the video game market in general, if you do the research and you look at the numbers, the biggest the, the biggest market for people who play video games is probably people 25, 26 and over. Like adults play more video games, honestly, than kids. It depends on what video game it is, though. You're not gonna have adults playing, you know. I'm talking about just... overall. Overall, if you think about it, yo, far more adults play video. Why do you think it's dudes sitting on the sofa all day playing, um, I call it GK, Madden, Call of Duty, whatever it is? That's just it. It's just far more adults playing video games than kids. So again, if we I don't if, know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, 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 I won't put my love on blast. But there, there's a game <laughs> and it's crazy. And my wife was playing for like six years. She's still on it from when I lived in Maryland. And, it, and it's, it's a game that has a community. And it's a bunch. It's a bunch of women and maybe some guys in there, and they're building the city. And they make eggs. What's the name of the game? Uh, I, I don't have it on me right now, but oh, yo, we build these cities, but you gotta earn certain points and certain It's crazy, but I'm like, hold on. You were playing that game in 2015 when we were Skyping. <laughs> and I was in Maryland. You so if you talk about consuming or consumption of games, a child doesn't have the wherewithal to play a game for six years. They're gonna move on to something different. So that's the point that Shaw's making. Adults, because we have the ability to buy games, to manage our own time, we can sit there all day and play games. Adults consume a lot of damn games. 2021, look at a 2021 survey. 38% of video game players, video game players come over the age of 18 to 34. 7% are even over 65 years of age. Right, so that means so that that's that's what forty that's forty five percent of people that's over what you said sixteen or eighteen. You know what? Here's the actual. So the rest, so the rest of kids. It's a higher percent of kids. No, no, no. Here's the actual numbers, right? Here's the actual breakdown. Under eighteen years old, twenty percent. That means the other eighty percent. The other eighty percent. Get out of here. Oh, hey, dang, I don't know why you can't see Are you serious? Nah, I always thought I always thought kids played it, you know, the game console that, that more than more than I, that's the idea. It's crazy, crazy, yo. Are you 18, serious? 18 to 34, 38%, 35 to 44, 14%, 45 to 54, 12%, 55 to 64, 9%, 65 plus, 7 years old. Video games are not that's fucking crazy. crazy. Wow. But again, we use the video game thing as, as um, an example. 
just to bring it back around again, like, so we talk, now we're talking about the video games. We go through all this stuff, but we never actually hold people accountable. Never. We never gonna say, we never gonna make somebody own their shit. We just always gonna be like, yo, you was listening to our Coogee Rap album when you shot him at that club, wasn't you? Now you on the road to the riches, huh? All right, so what 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 normally happens when 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 people when people doing doing a drive by about to run down with somebody? They ain't listening to some goddamn church music. They listening to they you know what I'm saying? They they, they get in their element. So what? When people work out, when people work out, they listen to the music. If people have sex, they listen to music. What's the point? Right, right. Because it put it puts you it puts you in a mood. That's what I'm. It puts you in a certain chamber. It puts you in a mood. So you're not gonna listen to you ain't gonna listen to no soft music. But you about to do some 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 crazy out there in the street. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Yo, I'm so happy got y'all back because I'm like, yo, Z think it's a soundtrack for a drive by. <laughs> Yo, right, hey, look at look at look. With look, look, the, the main, the main, the main, the main, the main movies that we thought were good, whether Miller Society, Boys in the Hood, all that other stuff, they normally playing music when they about to do what they do, right? They playing a certain type of music when they do what they about to do. Yo, you do realize that's entertainment, though, right? That's entertainment, but these, yeah, but these kids don't know, man. Who kids don't know? All right, man. Let's 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 switch, man. We've been on this subject too damn long, yo. Let's talk about the Michael Jordan dude. Michael yo, Jordan brand dude. Yo, hold up, hold up. I want to put on my drive by mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. Crazy. <laughs> yo, drive by mixtape. Yo, but Eminem did make an album called Music to Get Murdered to, right, or something like that. I didn't know that. I know Joe Button put out uh what. Music. music, my beat did murder music, and <coughs> yo, hold up, that's yo, that's Randy. Yo, put my drive by cassette in. Jordan Brand ejected, killed a man as a teen, and is now talking about it. Did you guys see this this story? So apparently, his daughter encouraged him to um, write a book. And with, his, with, with her encouraging him to write a book, which I think is admirable, prior to the book actually hitting the show, he's disclosed this information because it's going to be in a book. And I think he said he had a conversation with Michael Jordan, a lot of his closest friends. And I read a story where he said that he needed to see Bill Clinton. And he had to get vetted before he could see Bill Clinton. And he was stressing that the background check was going to come back, right? And he ended up passing the background check. What do you guys think of the story? There's a lot to the story, man. Talking about what we just talked about, you know, being large influences. Gangs are large influences. Don't have someone at home or next door or an adult watching every move or checking up to make sure what you're doing. That's Tangible people. Cool. At 16 years old, where did you get the gun from? You retaliate vengeance because. This boy just got murdered on some nonsense. He just wanted to pay somebody back. But I tell you this about keeping your goddamn mouth shut. This man and his family kept that to themselves, and he just made the best of his life, man. That that was the biggest lesson I got. Just don't be ashamed of the things you've done in life. It doesn't, that doesn't end your life. You still have life to live. 
I'm sure he's lived with regret taking someone's life who didn't deserve it, but at the same time, you still have to move on. Hold yourself accountable. He went to jail. And now he can he can be an inspiration for those who come home with this stigma because they got a felony, they can't get a job, and they their life. Man is man is been working for some I just yeah. the last 20-something years, you know. Was he the He was the executive at the tr- with, for the Trailblazers too, right? Over five years. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what led you there? Just being a Nike representative? So what were you doing at Nike? So prior to him even going to jail, he must have been a bright kid. You know what I'm saying? They took an emotion and go with emotion. He never make decisions with emotion. Emotion of his friend dying. And then he go kill somebody and totally innocent. They got nothing to do with Yeah, to me, like this, this story is just like I'm, I'm, I'm always down to hear a story on redemption and resilience. Like, you know, like I'm sure every day he does live with regret, but the fact that he was able to make this out of his life after having a predicament like that is, to me, is like it, it is. It's a wonderful story. Um, like his, his story is almost like worthy of like a, a, a movie. A movie. To, to show people that, you know, you can have these things that come up in your life early on when you're a child and there is potential to turn your life around because I know some people, you know, find themselves in a position where things like this happen and they never get up off the mat as a result of it. Not at all, but there are some who come from there and become large and in society, man. Yeah, yeah. Turn your life around and turn other people's lives around too. So those need to be celebrated, but this in particular, this brother went, got it. Free an account and it's just he just he must have knew corporate America's like I got my niche. I know how to do this one. His resume is crazy. Now his purpose, now his purpose is on me. He owes it because he's been blessed, I think, with so much and such a such a wonderful second chance. He has to go out to me and hit the road and speak to these kids about the pitfalls of getting involved with gangs and things like that. Guys, great story, man, but and I'll tell you too, shit, if I was him, I would I wouldn't I would have told it thirty something years later too. You know what I'm saying? Because uh Yeah, because you know, but at the end of the day, man, you know, the dude is highly educated. He, he, like you said, Shy, he turned his life around. And that goes to say that um, you know, no matter what peaks and valleys or pitfalls, especially when you get incarcerated for X amount of years. I think he was in for 14 years from 16 to from 16 to uh, 3. Yeah, he was in for 14 years, man. So, um, you know, for him to for him to come out and then still like persevere through that because I, I, I know that, that, you know, that is something that shows a lot of people, whether they're adults or little kids, that, you know, you can make it. You can make it. Don't 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 just go off of you know the last. So it's always it's always the next day. You know it's always the next day. It's always a, another decision that you can make that's better than the last. You know what I'm saying? Dave said, when you wake up in the morning, you got two things: chance and Yeah. Yo, the weight of the world had to feel like it was lifted off his shoulders, being able to just shit. Imagine, yeah, imagine carrying that around and you in rooms. And in rooms, how old is he now? He's an older gentleman. He's an older gentleman. But yeah. imagine being in rooms and you listen to people talk about incarceration and crime and things like that. And you got somebody coming to work and said, My nephew got shot. 
tell you man that's that's easier to do after you get the job and you got 30 years of relationship that's a lot easier to do so yeah we gotta follow this story and see what comes to this because i don't know i mean like i said i just think it's fascinating i, I want to see what happens i can't so, wait till the documentary come out Shit. yeah 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 yo this is you guys both of your first time participating in this new segment that, that i started in your absence Give me five. But this Wait, Rob. Hey, Zane and Ricasso, this particular give me five. I want to know your five concert headliners and why. Five concert headliners and why. Right, my first two, I'm going I'm to combine these two. Maxwell and Bill Scott. Okay. Maxwell. One, both of them. We, and we talked about it with Chris. When it comes to crowd participation, they have a party when love a Maxwell concert because I grew up, I used to kind of be a dancer. This dude, between his singing, his showmanship, and both of them always have, have a, a nice band that plays yes, very knows the music, knows the, the, the tempo, the whole joint. Man, I love going to it. Anybody listening, which I'm sure you are, go to a Maxwell or a Jill Scott. Trust me. Never forget about it. Yeah. Other two, of course, Michael Jackson. That's what that is. Just because I wait, 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 wait. No, I, I thought we doing, we doing, we doing nine living too. Ah, uh, it could be posthumously. I didn't do okay. it. I, okay, okay, okay. I only did living people. Though. I only did living people. Okay. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, headlining. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. MJ, MJ, as far as headlining, standing. Greatest of all time, bro. The whole planet. I mean, we can go into Bon Jovi and Rolling Stones and all that, but you know, I think MJ for me, mm-hmm. me being a fan and being influenced by MJ as a kid, like I said, I used to, I used to love dancing, and that's the shit that used to keep me in shape before I went to play ball. I go to a party the night before and get my workout in and go to the game the next day. Um, the bad tour, the dangerous tour, those two great tours that I, I, I didn't get a chance to go, but the magnitude of what they did to the planet at the time, it's fine. Mm-hmm. 
Um, two more, Rob. I want to say, I'm going to say Big Daddy Kane. I went to a Big Daddy Kane show at, at Ramhead Baltimore, and I, I lie to you not, I sung every fucking song. I've been there before, man. Live. Hey, enough huh? Did you say enough respect? Yo, son. Every, every, yo, after a while, you just you know, he had a he had the whole ram thing. Like he was like beat streaking that motherfucker. He had niggas. Yo, had everyone in the sweat. He was jumping, man. Um. So that's 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 King. This. That's the all y'all four. Four. Alright, we come back to you for your fifth. Now you think about this for your fifth. Come on, Z. Give me your five. Alright, no no particular order. I'll say Drake first. Drake uh, revolutionized the game as far as how streaming is done. How uh, uh, the combination of uh, hip hop and R&B is supposed to be done. Uh, you know, the little lullabies and all that were good stuff. Uh, I would say Kanye West because he's a pioneer, shaped the game in fashion, uh, uh, media presence, whether he's calling paparazzi on himself or not. And I will also say as far as music-wise, man, music-wise, like, he, he, he he's evenly balanced as far as lyricism and also with beats. That's two, right? Three, I would say, uh, I'll say Jay-Z. Jay-Z uh, definitely uh, changed the game also, man. Ever since, what, 1996, when his official first album, Reason Without, up until now, this dude has his hands in everything as far as, you know, his business, business acumen is, is, is through the roof. Uh, he got the, you know, I guess the most talked about celeb, which is Beyonce as his wife. Uh, that's three. I would say The Weeknd. Uh, the Weeknd, he uh, transitioned, <laughs> what, that's what, what, 10, maybe 11 years? This dude, this dude is incredible, man. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my favorite artists, though, man. Like the dude, no. the dude. Like people, people uh-huh. compare him. People say he he's like a mixture of like Prince and Michael Jackson in one, as far as the music or whatever. Okay, that's four, I like, right? I like him on the Kanye song. I like him on Kanye. Yeah, that's four. That's four. And I would have to say, damn, man, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yo, so let me the dude's got you. so many damn. The dude's got so many damn like. People were people were people were made off the off the off the earth when yeah. fire music. Yo, so you know I'm what I'm saying? You, the crazy. I'm gonna give you my five. Two people that Zane said I I got this in his mind. And my I realized when I was putting my five together, the five that I picked was five people that I never had an opportunity to see in concert, so that's why it feels me. So I did mm-hmm. pick Earth Wind and Fire and I picked mm-hmm. um Earth Wind and Fire just because of the musicianship. Right. Ascending to the heavens, he set himself on fire. He just that as crazy as it may seem, you know. 
know you going, you're gonna get a show. It's gonna be yeah. a big production out of it. I picked Stevie Wonder, because Stevie Wonder is like one of my all-time favorite artists ever. And I picked Stevie Wonder also because for me, Stevie Wonder is a one-man band. Like this dude, yeah. everything, writing, singing, playing all kind of instruments. Stevie Wonder to me is a genius. Um, the next I picked, probably because I've been watching a lot on TV. And... I've always appreciated that catalog and it just dawned on me. I'm like, damn, I never had an opportunity to see Wu Tang all together in concert. I've never seen that mm. would be free. That'd be free right there, bro. In concert. Have y'all ever had an opportunity to experience Wu Tang in concert? Nah, not only not Method Man. Just Method Man. Method Man. Oh, oh, and, and, and Ray Kwan. Ray Kwan. Yeah. I saw Method Man. I saw Method Man. I would love to see Wu Tang all together. The catalog. It's just so deep, so much music, so yeah. deep. Like watching that Wu Tang American Saga has yeah. been nostalgic for me. Like going back and like, man, I remember all these things. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that, that that would be my because I've never got an opportunity to watch it. I'm a big fan of, of American Saga. Mm-hmm. kind of in the in the kind of the back of my mind. Listening to Wu, you kind of already know the story, but kind of keep it straight out. That's how you could tell it's a great show because we all know the ending, but we all still tuned in watching. Yeah, yeah. And then my fifth, my fifth, I went with just on a strength for just, it's because who wouldn't want it? Beyonce. Beyonce. I, I thought about her. I, I definitely... I'm about to see Rihanna, man. I like Beyonce's stuff, but Rihanna, man, Rihanna. I, I think Rihanna would be Rihanna would be good if you gave me a choice and told me you'd be good. No, don't get me wrong. That's a good Rihanna, choice. Beyonce, I'm just saying. I would I would probably pick Beyonce. Like I just think Beyonce is another person that there are certain people you go to a show and it's an experience. Like and, yeah. I, and I feel like the people that I put on my list. Huh? Janet Jackson or Madonna. I thought about Janet Jackson too. I Weekend fans, one day you're gonna be weekend fans. One day, man. I don't know. You know what? I, I don't. My thing on it is like yo, the comparisons. I don't know why you start me on this. The comparisons. <laughs> like to me, like, real, hey Rob, I reel the men. I reel the men. To me, is like yo, Prince is a musical genius. Prince is a musical. I got genius. his book. Prince, I got his book the other day. Yo, his pen. I was, 
his 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 ability. I ain't reading it. Like instruments, his ability to sing, his ability to own prints, musical genius. Michael Jackson, arguably probably the greatest performer of all of, of all time, the greatest entertainer of all time. And then the weekend. Like to me, I, I just need more of a body of work of the weekend to say like, all right, that he's on he's on the level of these dudes. Like, and I'm not taking nothing away from because you know he has cool audience, diehard fans, and he's doing he's doing something right because people do like him. But to mention him in the name of those dudes, I'm not there yet. I still, y'all mention him. Like I got Trey songs right here, and I got him like slightly above. <laughs> For me, right now, based on popularity. <laughs> Alright, so who, 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 all right. you know what? My if, if 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 I had to have a six, I would pick it's a tie, man. Chris Brown or Usher? I don't. I mean, Happy, it's yeah. a tie. Yeah. Yo, so oh, I forgot to shout out to yo Jeff Kwan, BTP Media. Yo, bless me with the shirt. Good dude, Jeff. For those for those who haven't had a chance to follow BTP. Media, follow BTP Media. A lot of the guests that we get, Jeff, I've been working with Jeff, and Jeff has helped us on the back end to secure some of the, some of the better guests that we follow to bring on our own. Yeah. He blessed me with a shirt. You know, I appreciate him. Good brother. Me and him have had phone conversations. He's a hip hop historian from the West Coast, also. Um, just doing great things and really love the music. So, yo, this has been episode 100, man. I'm happy to have the brothers back. Banter. Glad to be back, man. Yo, this business, Yo, we could have we could have did a whole show talking about um how you call it the the drive-by mixtape. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna take this time honestly and thank you guys for holding it down. Thank you for all the when viewers. You know what I was going through, having my kids happen. A healthy guy got my color back good. Everything is working out, man. So I appreciate all the prayers. You're glowing over there, Rob. You're glowing, man. All right, we gotta get you on the Peloton now. You yeah, it's not in the Peloton. Peloton. I'm back my wind's up, brother. <laughs> my wind is a little short right now. I can't do no pain ride. <laughs> Yo, hey, all, you need, all, you need, all you need is some Irby Scurvy. That's it, brother. <laughs> God is good. Everybody else been episode 100. Thank you for tuning in. 100. Let's get 100 more, sir. Catch you on the next one.